It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm Wes Goldberg. Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I told you last week that we would be doing a few shorter than normal shows per week in an effort to bring you content every day. So today, I'll get to some news, including some things that are happening around the NBA before answering a mailbag question about trading down and the draft. But let's start in San Francisco, where the Warriors are planning to convert Chase Center into a location to help serve the November 3rd general election and are expected to make an announcement this week. The news follows the NBA's announcement Friday that it's going to resume the postseason with the understanding that the league will work to carry out certain commitments that it made to players following last week's walkout. Now, among those initiatives is that in every city where the NBA owns and controls an arena, Teams will work with local officials to convert the facility into a voting location for the upcoming election. Now, this is a no-brainer for teams, not only for franchises that use taxpayer dollars to build and fund their arenas, but even for the Warriors, which, granted, largely funded their own arena in San Francisco, but still very much depend on the community for support. Look no further than the transportation services, Muni, BART, all these things. They have had to make changes in order to facilitate transportation to Chase Center, right? Um, there, it, the Chase Center is, is taking up a lot of land, um, granted that it is controlled by the Warriors, but this is a very expensive city. This, this, it's not just as simple as saying, hey, the Warriors wanted to build this thing, and they had the money so they could build it. it they had to use a lot of their own dollars, but they also needed a tremendous amount of support from the city of San Francisco, from local officials, from all these things, the least that they can do is help facilitate voting by converting an arena that's otherwise not being used into a safe voting location. Now, some of the backlash comes from people who think that these facilities are going to be liberal-leaning. But if you look at where most of these arenas are, they're in downtown areas, right? So yes, they are probably going to be liberal-leaning, but largely in these downtown type of areas, in big cities... They tend to be more liberal anyway. So whether or not they were voting at Chase Center or some other location, a big part of the vote was probably going to be Democrat, let alone in California. I mean, we know what it's like in California and San Francisco. I mean, this is a blue state. It's going blue. It's Everything's going for Biden in the general election here. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But to me, the larger story is around the league, right? In key states, like, uh, I, I'm not... Uh, if, if What's going to happen in Milwaukee? What's going to happen in Detroit? For, for swing states like Wisconsin and Michigan, Ohio, what's going to happen with the Cavaliers Arena? Florida, what's going to happen with the Miami Heat's Arena? These are key swing states, and you've got to credit the players for being able to come out and say, look, we're, we will continue with the postseason, but what you need to do is make sure that these arenas that are otherwise not being used while we are playing in this bubble are going to be used for what we want it to be used for. 
And I think there's a lot of honor in that. And look, if, if Trump is going to try to suppress voting by limiting mail-in ballots and having and doing what he is doing with the United States Postal Service, this is a great effort taken by the NBA, pushed forward by its players. And you look at the comments and what people are saying on Twitter and things like that, and everybody's like, oh, well, I guess everybody's going to, at these places, are not going to vote for Trump. I mean, look, again, look at where these places, look at where these arenas, where basketball arenas are largely built. They're in blue areas. And yeah, this is going to empower people and help facilitate more of a vote. And that's key here. But a lot of these places were going to vote blue anyway. They were going to vote Democrat anyway. And instead of politicizing whether or not you know this place should get uh, a, a, or this place should get more voting locations than this place or whatever, instead of politicizing that, the the initiative here should be let's just make the vote as accessible as possible. The more people you can get to, that you can help vote, the better. And if we're going to talk about voter suppression, a lot of these arenas too are near urban areas or in urban areas. So if you can help black people, minorities vote because you're making it more easily accessible in general, then that's great. Okay? Especially in these areas, these city areas that are so impacted by the coronavirus and that social distancing is so important. And if you are able to turn, it's not just about turning this little uh, federal or, or, you know, government building into a voting area, into a poll location. Okay, if you're able to do that in a huge arena where social distancing protocols could be more easily adhered to, then you're going to create more vote. You're going to create less lines, okay? People who have to still go to work, frontline workers who don't have the luxury of sitting at home and working remotely. They have to go to work. They can't wait in line. If you can mail it in, mail it in. But, you, but if, if Trump's going to do what he's doing, then that's not necessarily a guarantee anymore, people. So if you're able to help people vote, how can that not be a good thing for our democracy? I just don't understand the backlash to it. And this is going to be very important. Yes. If you had to guess, and look, I don't have data. I'm not going to pretend to know this stuff. But if you had to guess, yeah, there are probably going to be more Democrat votes than Republican votes filed at those arena locations. Of course. But these are in big cities. Right? And Johnny in the middle of who knows where Oklahoma or whatever, you know, suburban area where they don't have to deal with the in Kansas, right? Without dealing with social distancing the way that people in cities have to deal with it. No, they don't need an NBA arena, but they don't have the population that a lot of these NBA arena cities have. And so voting for them is not going to be a problem the way it's going to be in these cities. And this is going to be a major problem coming up in November. And, th- and that's why I think it's really important for the NBA to step in and use their facilities, use their arenas for good. And so credit for the Warriors for doing this. Honestly, it should have been done a long time ago. These announcements should have been arranged. A lo- these plans should have been arranged you know, weeks ago when it was obvious what was going to be happening here and the problems that we'd be facing, but better late than never. And so you appreciate the Warriors for getting a plan together. Again, expected to have formal announcements this week. And hopefully the rest of the NBA follows suit and we get as many of these arenas 
uh, to help as possible. Coming up next, how the late John Thompson was ahead of his time. This is Locked On Warriors. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW NHP. At CDW, we get that an unsecured laptop can put your company's data at risk, making you a little paranoid. I'm not paranoid. You're paranoid. CDW can implement a secure mobility solution using the HP EliteBook with Intel 8th generation processors and SureView privacy to protect your screen from prying eyes. Did you follow me here? IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash HP security. What was that? Charles T. Hamilton joins me tomorrow for Target Tuesday, where we'll be breaking down LaMelo Ball and discuss whether or not the Warriors should be interested in drafting him in the upcoming draft. So make sure to subscribe and look forward to that tomorrow morning. And other news around the NBA, legendary Georgetown coach John Thompson passed away Monday at 78 years old. Through his work to empower black student-athletes and by turning around the Georgetown basketball program and coaching four future Hall of Famers, Thompson established himself as a legend within the sport. Thompson took the Hoyos to three Final Fours in the 1980s, while also winning seven Big East titles and leading the 1988 United States national team to a bronze medal in the Olympics. His coaching legacy includes the recruitment and development of four players in the Basketball Hall of Fame, including Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, and Allen Iverson. During his tenure, he helped protect his players on and off the court, and on Monday, Iverson on Twitter thanked Thompson for, quote, saving his life, end quote. His national title run in 1984 was the first by a black head coach and helped open the door for a generation of minority coaches. He could be considered an activist ahead of his time. In 1989, before a game against Boston College, Thompson walked off the court to protest Proposition 48, an NCAA measure that would have banned academically ineligible freshmen from receiving scholarships because he believed that that proposition aimed to limit opportunities for minority students. It could be argued that without people like Thompson willing to use his platform to affect change, last week's walk-off in the NBA could not have happened. Now let's take a look at some other news from around the NBA. Behind 50 points from Jamal Murray, the Nuggets beat the Jazz Sunday to force a Game 7 to be played Tuesday night. The Clippers, meanwhile, did away with the Mavericks and will play the winner of Nuggets-Jazz in Round 2. And in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics easily beat the Raptors in Game 1 of their second-round series tonight. The Rockets up 3-2, try to eliminate the Thunder, and the Heat and Bucks begin their second round series. We open some mail next, but first, let's talk about Built Bar. If you're like me, when you get hungry, you can make bad decisions, but the best way to avoid blowing your diet is to be prepared, and that's why I always have a box of Built Bars in the kitchen. Not only is this the best tasting protein bar I've ever had, it's the most healthy and it fills me up while I'm busy or I'm on the go. With 18 amazing flavors, including new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar, but they're low-calorie and low-sugar, while also being high in protein and fiber, making them perfect for keto and other low-carb diets. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order, plus a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. If you haven't subscribed to Locked On Warriors already, now is a perfect time to hit that subscribe button. Now let's get to some mail. Conrad Rothbaum writes in, What's a realistic deal from the Knicks that would blow the Warriors away? Mitchell Robinson and number eight is a lot to give up from the Knicks' point of view. And do we know that the W's are interested in a big man? Interest in Denny, Okoro, and Halliburton seems to indicate a further commitment to small ball. Uh, this question is in response to my mailbag that I wrote last week for the Mercury News, where I talked about how the Warriors are prepared to make a decision at number two. There's a lot of uh, questions about whether or not they're going to trade back from the number two pick. And look, they could be willing to, and they're going to listen to offers, and I think they will. Uh, be very open to moving back in the draft, but they're also going to be very open and willing, if if the right offer doesn't materialize, to go ahead and just take a player at number two. It's not a given that they're going to trade back, people. Uh, so I talked about the Knicks as a possible team that could move up. They make a lot of sense. At number eight, they're not going to be in range to get long, uh, uh, LaMelo Ball, and there's a lot of belief out there that they would want somebody like LaMelo Ball or even a Killian Hayes or something like that. They might be looking for a lead point guard. And if they are indeed looking for that, well, then they might want to trade up from number eight. And uh, I, I'm not sure what that that offer would take for, uh, for to blow away the Warriors. But a good starting point would be obviously the eighth pick in the draft. The Warriors would be able to move back from number two, go to number eight, where they still might be able to get a guy they like, like Devin Vassell uh, or Sadiq Bey or somebody like that. But uh, or maybe even like a Tyrese Halliburton. Um, but it probably also involve a lot of future picks. I mean. The Knicks have a ton of future picks after moving Kristaps uh, Porzingis to Dallas. Uh, in that trade, they got two future first-round picks from Dallas. They have their own first-round picks available. If they just put a bundle of picks together, I don't think that you need to necessarily look at a player. Now, yeah, sure, they could throw in a Wayne Ellington or something, somebody that would help the Warriors bench. Like that, that sort of player might be nice. But the package largely would probably center around the number eight pick this year, the means to move down, Draft the player that you really want if you're the Warriors and also pay that player significantly less money than you would have to pay him at number two. And then also get a stockpile of draft picks going forward and kind of put yourself in position like the Celtics were when they, they never had to rebuild and they always have these stockpile of picks despite having a very talented roster. The Warriors are going to be that, or they could be that, right? They have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, a solid core. They're going to have a player that they pick in the first round this year. They have the TPE. They have the, M- the MLE that they can add a couple of uh, key veterans to the bench. But if you can have all of that, the, the pick from coming over from Minnesota, top three protected next year, unprotected the following year in 2022, plus even more first-round picks, that's going to set them up really well, not only to reload this roster with youth, but potentially make a move to take all these things and package it together for the next superstar who becomes available. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. Thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring today's show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Remember, we are breaking down Lomelo Ball as a Warriors draft target uh, tomorrow. We will have a mailbag later in the week, so send those questions in. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.
San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.